This semester, we are studying women who are clothed in strength. Our anchor verse comes from Proverbs 31:25. She is clothed in strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. I love that because I love to laugh. I think of Mary Poppins. Do you remember that song? She loves to laugh. Some people laugh through their noises. <laughs> Some people laugh through their teeth. <laughs> you can laugh however you want because you've been clothed with strength and dignity. But today we are going to be focusing on being clothed with patient endurance. Now, if you're anything like me, Patience might not be something that comes to you easily. Maybe you're not like me, but you're married to a man, so therefore your patience gets to be, you know, um, practiced on a regular basis. Or maybe you work with children, because if you have children or are around children, then you know that you get to practice being patient. Some of you know this, once upon a time I was a teacher, and so something that I've carried from being in the classroom is a love of words. So I want us to look at the definition of patient and endurance. To be patient means bearing pains or trials calmly or without complaint, steadfast despite oppositions. And endurance is the ability to withstand hardship or adversity. Ladies, before we discount ourselves, because I think sometimes that's our natural posture, when we hear about something like patient endurance, we don't think about all the times that we exhibited patience. We think about all the times where we were not patient. But can I encourage you with Galatians 5.22? But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all expressions, patience that endures, kindness in action, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Y'all, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that means the Holy Spirit dwells in you, which means you have the fruit of the Spirit, which means you have patient endurance. We can go home right now. Come on. I'm so excited that the Lord knowing us and knowing our frailty said, let me help my girls out and give them my spirit so that they can operate in patient endurance. So today we're going to look at Job. Job is the title of a book in the Bible. It is not Job. It is Job. If you have called it Job, it's all good. Now you know. You don't have to call it job. That's a different context, like, man, you better get a job. But in this context, we are talking about Job. And Job faced a vast amount of trials and opposition, yet his faithfulness to God didn't waver. We're going to talk about hard things today. We're going to talk about the things that sometimes make it hard to get out of bed. We're going to talk about the things that maybe you have not shared that have weighed you down for years. But can I tell you this morning, sisters, friends, our God has made it so that you do not have to not make it because he has given you patient endurance. Job 1.1, this talks, it sets up the story of who he is. He was a man that was blameless. He feared God and he turned away from evil. So that you have just some context of what was going on in his life, Job was a very wealthy man, a very, very wealthy man. He had 10 children and favor and everybody loved him. Everybody knew him like, hey, what's up, Job? How you doing, friend? I see you. We're cool, right? Job had everything. And in one day, in seemingly moments, he lost everything. He lost all of his possessions. 
He lost all of his servants. He lost grounds. He lost his children. He lost everything. And then not long after that, he lost his health. So when we think about someone going through a hard and difficult time, we want to consider Job. James chapter 5, verse 10 through 11 says, My brothers and sisters, take the prophets as your mentors. They have prophesied in the name of the Lord, and it brought them great sufferings. Yet they patiently endured. We honored them as our heroes because they remained faithful even while they endured great sufferings. And you have all heard that what Job went through, and we can now see that the Lord ultimately treated him with wonderful kindness, revealing how tender-hearted he really is. Spoiler alert, it's going to work out okay for Job. Spoiler alert for you, it's going to work out for you as well. Amen? So what can we learn from Job? Number one, Job did not minimize his tragedy. I know that in this world that we live in, when something bad happens, we are all focused for a moment and then another day or maybe a few days and we go on with our lives. Can I encourage you this morning that if you have experienced or you are experiencing tragedy or trauma right now, that there is no magic timetable for you to get over that tragedy and that loss. Grieve. Give yourself the space to cry. If it's in the shower, cry in the shower. If it's in your car, in your garage, with the car turned off, cry. As I was saying that out loud, I went, oh, I should fix that. That's... that's that's a problem. When Job was mourning, which was indicative of the time, and this was cultural, he mourned his great loss by tearing his clothes and shaving his head. So anybody who came in contact with him would understand that he was in mourning. We do not have to put on a happy face when we are walking through difficulty. Some of you, you maybe have asked me on occasion, Portia, how are you doing? And sometimes my response will be, I am choosing to be well. Things are not well, but I am choosing to be well. Do you hear the difference? I'm not denying the fact that something hard might be going on. And you do not have to deny the fact that something difficult has come into your space and into your life. It is okay to recognize that there is tragedy that's happening in your life. Number two, what we can learn from Job is that he worshiped God in the midst of his sorrow. Job 1 verses 21 and 22 says, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. In our culture today, it is very easy. When it is good, praise God. And when it is bad, blame God. But sisters, that is not the truth. When it is bad, God is not doing that to you. Job didn't allow his circumstances to change his belief about God because what we experience does not change the fact that God is God. He's on his throne. He's good. He's for you. He has not forgotten you. Life is just really, really hard sometimes. Our bad things, I almost said our badness, but that's not good. The bad things that happen to us, the bad things that are happening around us are not because our God is bad. The bad things that are happening around us or to us are not because our God is bad. Our God is good. So can I encourage you today, in the midst of the things that you are facing, that with whatever you have left, 
that you acknowledge, God, my circumstances do not dictate who you are. You are God and you are good. Remember, I gave you the spoiler. It's going to work out for you. Number three, what we can learn from Job is that he remained faithful to God. I want you to think back to the things that happened to him. He lost all of his possessions. And I know that we can be super spiritual and be like, ah, who needs possessions? I don't need a Gucci. I mean, if you want to give me one, I'm not going to say no. I get it that our happiness and our joy should not be in the things that we possess. But if everything was gone in an instant, what would we do? How would we respond? But at least we have our health. Job did not even have his health. He did not die, but he longed to die. So then his wife came to him and said, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? This is in Job chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Curse God and die. Now, we could be super critical of Mrs. Job and be like, hey, um, God is still God. But let's remember that everything that Job lost, she lost as well. She lost all of her possessions. She lost her 10 children. 10. It's hard to wrap my head around losing one. 10. And her faith had been rocked and shaken. And I would like to point out that Job, what he did in this moment, he did call her foolish. And he was like, shall we only take good things from God and not the bad things that come from God? Because Job wasn't allowing his circumstances to shake who God was. Job remained faithful to God. Okay, Portia, so all of these hard things happen. How do we endure? How do we continue to push through pain? Patient endurance has the opportunity to grow in our lives because pain, suffering, and trouble will happen. I recognize that this is not an incredible happy, happy, joy, joy message at this point. But can I take you back to the spoiler alert? It all works out in the end. Do you guys do that when you read? Sometimes if I'm nervous that a character is going to die, I'll like flip forward a few chapters. I won't read them. I'll just skim to see if I see their name. And if I see their name, I'm like, okay, it's all good. And I can go back and continue reading the book. So there you go. John 16, says, in this world, you will have trouble. This is Jesus talking. In your Bible, it might be in red letters. And he continues and says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Y'all, this is a verse that has become emblazoned on my life because trouble will come. If it hasn't, it will. If you are not in the midst of trouble right now, <laughs> you can bank on it. Trouble will come. But take heart. Jesus said that we get to overcome. He wins, so we win. Don't you love that our God is not stingy? That his goodness he shares with us, his victory he gives to us. So when he overcomes, we overcome because we belong to him. Let's go. Come on. We overcome because he's overcome. So when the trouble comes, that is the atmosphere. That is the field where patient endurance grows in our life. Because if you'll think back to the definition, it's bearing pains or trials calmly without complaint. That doesn't mean that you don't feel uh, about it. But when it comes, you're like, God, I know that you're with me. This is really hard. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I know that you are with me. I don't feel like that I can get out of bed this morning, but I know that you are with me. If you can't say anything else, say his name, Jesus. Because his name changes everything. 
Remember, in this life you'll have trouble, but take heart. He has overcome the world. How do we endure through this pain? Number two, pain and suffering is not always an indication of a poor choice, lack of preparation, or sin. I would love if everything was very black and white. You do good things, good things happen. You should go sow good seed. You should do good things. Let's be kind to one another. But just because you are nice to everybody that is in your sphere does not mean that they're going to be nice back to you. Just because you take care of your body and you eat the things that you're supposed to eat does not mean that cancer is not going to come for your body. Just because you respect and honor and lift up your husband doesn't mean he's going to do the things that you want him to do. We don't do the right things because we're going to get the right things back. We do the right things because it's the right thing to do before God. So please hear me today. Some of you need to be reminded that what you are going through right now is not your fault. What happened to you when you were a little girl was not your fault. And what happens tomorrow in our future that we did not ask for is not your fault. Now, I'm not talking about the things of I woke up late, I didn't set out my clothes, and my kids were late to school. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about the real-life tragedy things that come into our space. It is not because you did something wrong. John chapter 9, verses 2 and 3. This is the disciples. They're talking to Jesus. They've come across this man who is blind. And in that day, it was very much believed that if something bad happened to you, if a child was born with a a difference, if there was some sort of handicap, it was because someone sinned. So they asked Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? And Jesus responded and said, neither one. This happened so that the glory of God could be demonstrated in his life. So what I submit to us today is what if the thing that you're walking through right now is not because you did anything wrong, and it's not because God put it on you, but God knew it was going to happen. He was like, oh, but just wait and watch. I'm going to turn this around for my glory and your good, because that is who our God is. Amen? Romans 8.28 tells us, that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who have been called according to his purpose. All things, not just some things, not just the things that make sense, but all things. Number three on how we endure through pain, we do not always get to know the why behind our pain and suffering, but we can trust the character of God. Here was what was happening behind the scenes in Job's life. Satan presented himself before God, and you can read this in Job chapter 1 and chapter 2. And God says to him, hey, have you considered my servant Job? There's not another man like him on the earth. And Satan said, "Mm, does Job serve God for nothing? You put a hedge around him. You've protected him. You've given him all sorts of blessings. If you take your blessing from him, he is going to forsake you and curse you. And God said, go ahead, see what you can do. So Satan took everything. That was wave number one. Comes back. Satan presents himself before God. And God says, have you considered my servant Job? Even though you took everything from him, he still serves me. And Satan said, "Mm, skin for skin. You touch his physical body and he will curse you to your face. And God gave him permission and said, okay, but you may not touch his life. Here's the point, ladies. I don't want you to hear... Uh, did God just tell Satan to take all of Job? Mm-mm. 
It may be hard to understand why God who's in control of everything would allow the greatest enemy of mankind to have access to any of us, but know that the enemy of our lives can only do what he has permission to do. Nothing comes into your life, nothing comes into your space without the knowledge of God. There is nothing that has or will happen to you that God was like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that was going to go down. And if he knows it, then he is with us and he is causing us to be able to come through the circumstances. Are you hearing me today? God is with you and he is going to cause you to come through the circumstances because Psalms 119.68 says, you are good and you do only good. Teach me your decrees. He is good. God is for you. All of the things that you have walked through up until this day, they don't count you out, and they do not say that God is not who he is. So in your mind right now, if that thought has been rolling around, can I tell you that that is a lie from the pit of hell, saying that God did this to you, he's out to get you. Nope. You are good and do only good. Amen? Psalms 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How do we taste and see that the Lord is good? We take him at his word. The prayer that I have for us as ladies that are a part of sisterhood is that we will believe the word of God. Because when you believe the word of God, you begin to taste and see that he is good. And how do you believe the word of God? You remind yourself what God's word says. One of my particular verses right now is actually Psalms 34, 8. I am tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. And I'm declaring that over every circumstance that in the natural right now does not look good. But because God is good, I know that my circumstances are going to be good in the name of Jesus. Number four, how we endure through pain. God is with you in the midst of your pain, giving you the strength to endure. Psalms 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed. Please don't hear me say today, put a happy face on it. It's going to be great. No, no. What I want you to hear me say is when hard things happen, when tragedy happens, mourn, grieve. There are verses in the Bible that say, cry out. Cry out to God most high. And do you know what he does the moment you posture your heart? He is there. He is with you. He is close. Some of us are holding it in so tight because we're like, well, what if I cry out to God and he does not show up? That is not truth. When you cry out to the Lord, when your heart is broken, he is especially near to you. But here's the key. Even when your heart is not broken, he is especially near to you because he's your good God. And he loves you and he is for you. Job declared in chapter 19, verse 25 of his book. I don't think Job wrote that book. I don't know. I have to, we should ask a pastor. I don't know who actually wrote this book, but this is what he said. But I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the end, he will stand on the earth. Now, at this point of the story in the book, nothing has turned around for Job yet. It doesn't even look like that there is going to be a turnaround for him yet. But he knows that his Redeemer lives. Ladies, do we know this morning that our Redeemer lives? Do we know that God is for us? Do we know that the word says that if God is for us, who can be against us? But Portia, I don't have a job. God is your provider. But Portia, I'm sick in my body. God is your healer. But Portia, my mind, I'm just struggling with anxiety. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. What will you do when you have to patiently endure in life? And notice this says when, not if, 
when you have to patiently endure in life. We've already said this, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all of your heart. This reminds me of a quick story. It's in um, the New Testament. It's in Mark. The disciples were trying to cast out a demon out of a little boy, and they couldn't. Jesus came down from the mountain. The father said, if you can, will you heal my son? And Jesus said, if I can. Well, emphasis mine. I don't know if Jesus said it like that. And, um, And the father said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And I believe with all my heart that that is in the book because sometimes we're saying, God, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you, but I'm scared. Will we not lie to the Spirit of God and just tell him that? God, I trust you, but I'm afraid, and I give you my fear. God, I trust you, but I don't know how this is going to work out. But you're God, I'm not. 1 Peter 5, 7, we can pour all of our worries and stress upon him and leave them there moment by moment, hour by hour. Ladies, I understand that sometimes it's second by second, but we can give it to the Lord. So number one, what we're going to do is trust the Lord with everything that concerns you, even if you don't have the answers. Because if you're like me, you're like, okay, I know that God is going to work this out and he can do it this way, or he could do it this way, or he could do it that way. And really, I don't know. I just know that God has an answer and that's okay. Job 38.1 Y'all, if you haven't read this, I I highly encourage that you go back and read this story. God presents himself to Job and says, dress for action like a man, and I will question you, and you make it known to me. So basically what God is saying is, where were you when I made the heavens and the earth? Where were you when I set the seasons in place? Where were, it's a whole list of questions. And Job, he's a smart man, because he's like, I, I got nothing. That's not actually what it says, but that's basically what it means. I got nothing before you, God, because you are everything, and I have nothing. Number two, accept that we are not God. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You can put in parentheses, I said so. When God says that he's moving on our behalf, he's moving on our behalf. He does not have to tell us all the ways that he is going to move because he's God and we're not. God forgive us for the arrogant position that I have taken. I know I've done it where I was like, I deserve to know. Why did this happen to me when I was a little girl? Why was I abused? Why did that have to come into my life? I don't know the why, but can I tell you, I step on it today and say that it has nothing to do with who I am. I have a healthy marriage in the name of Jesus because God was working all things out for my good. I don't know why it happened, but it happened because we go back to John 16, in this life, you will have troubles. We need to accept that we are not God. Number three, we need to be careful with our words. If you go back and read the book of Job, you'll see that he has friends that they started out really well, but they didn't end very well. They thought that they were very wise and that they understood the things of God. And they told Job that if he would just confess his sin, that all of these bad things would be turned around. But they were wrong and they didn't speak honoring of who God was or their friends. So Job needed to pray for his friends. Ladies, let's not let our mouths run in the midst of hard times. That doesn't mean keep it to yourself, but you need to tell people who will pray. You need to tell people who will lift up the truth of God's word, not the people who are just going to be like, yeah, I don't know what God's doing right now in that tone. 
Let's be careful with our words. And number four, let's remember that God rewards. At the end of the story, remember the spoiler? It all works out. Y'all, God gave everything back to Job. Double. Double all of his possessions. He gave him all of his children back. Ten more children. Side note, Mrs. Job, pregnant ten more times. But children are a blessing from the Lord. <laughs> ah, so sorry, I digress. Um, 2 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 10. This is Paul. He's talking about the thorn he had in his flesh. And Jesus said back to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It feels good when everything is going great. But I think there's a special place that God has for us when everything is not going great. Because when we know we are weak, side note, we're weak all the time. But when we know that we are weak... He is made strong in us. We get to lift up his name and reflect his glory in our weakness. It almost makes you want to say, God, I'm okay if things are hard for the whole rest of my life, if your name is lifted up and glory is brought to who you are. So I want to close with saying this. Keep going. Don't give up. Be honest about your pain. Worship in the midst of your pain. Trust God and allow patient endurance to grow, to continue to grow in you as you worship God. God is working for your good and his glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for you. Don't clap. Let me pray. God, bless your daughters. Let your truth come alive in their hearts. Thank you. Thank you for being with them. Thank you for growing patient endurance in all of us. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.